Welcome back to Stepper Strong, episode seven. Today we are looking at redefining beauty. Whoa. Yeah. No, uh, it sounds like an interesting topic, but uh, a little bit of a tricky one to jump into. Yeah. But we've distilled it to redefining beauty is about walking away from shame. And I think at the heart of it, the search for true beauty is is summed up perfectly in that subtitle. I love that so much. Yeah, it's pretty powerful to engage that shame and beauty are linked. Mm -hmm. On first glance, you probably would not think they are so connected. Mm -hmm. That shame and beauty would be um, things that really go hand in hand. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, you've been looked to, I think, to talk about this topic for quite a while right? for, for many reasons. Um, I mean, Literally for the first couple of years, I guess before we were writing our own bios, it was like former, former model, model. Which let's, Come see let's the former that model. Let's unpack that. Let's yeah. unpack that. Former model Catherine Wolf, which is semi-hysterical. <laughs> it was a commercial print, quote unquote, model. Uh-huh. That's a generous word. I did commercials. <laughs> I like, I mean, it's awesome. It actually does yeah. make money. Yeah. But it's not like high fashion modeling. So like in college, you did like, modeling. And, yes. and then in an early marriage, you got an agent in LA, you did modeling. Like Target ads, right. McDonald's commercials with a smiling kid. And like we often just, say the, the highlight of your modeling career was your uh, Tiki Hut at Disneyland. The the Moo Moo inspired by the Tiki Hut. Right. And uh, you had a big gig that was right, and th- that your, particular your picture highlight. that I show a lot that is hysterical in my estimation is a Tiki Hut um, Moo <laughs> for their 25th anniversary um, specialty collection, mm. but it was Spicy. only on their online catalog, yeah. and this was like 2004, mm-hmm. so not everyone even had a <laughs> personal was computer, no one was online shopping, right so it was virtually front. invisible, which yeah. made it somehow even more hysterical, but um, I loved it because it, it paid cool. the same rate if it's invisible or not. So, yeah, you were a working model. And catalog work pays really well hourly. The irony is, do not be fooled, world, that for every gig, that you book and make right. bank on, there's 50 you drove to and didn't get. So the gas money in castings is like eaten up. Luckily, we weren't doing budget by, then. Um, We're yeah. like, wow, you made $1,500 like that month. Right. <laughs> you know, or like that three months. Anyway, on that one gig. we digress, but it but that was been- the, that 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 was the real, um, again, sort of the headline, like former model, like as if that's like, you know, this quintessential part totally. of your life. And I think... Um, that's just a I, joke. I have to tell one other story. I'm sorry, because this is funny. People people are interested. You know, we have, like, in the U.S., we don't have a monarchy. We have celebrities who are, like, our queens, you know, and kings and, and our aristocracy, yes. right? And yes. so I think it's helpful to have, like, a little behind the scenes. You're you're hardly, like, a, a celebrity, but you were, you know, a part of this industry <laughs> that uplifts, Seriously, like, yes, physical yes. perfection and these um, really unattainable aspirational pictures of of beauty and that have influenced um, almost any human who has eyes to see these pictures of what they should and shouldn't look like. And so we go early in our marriage, we're newlywed broke. I'm in law school. Catherine is, you know, working her way through all the modeling castings. And we, she gets booked in this fancy hotel to wear wedding dresses. And it was this big wedding expo. And so we come, she, uh, (laughs) 
you know, pranced in feeling very, uh, you know, felt, we just felt very like cool and special. Yeah, and like I, we had arrived I, in Los Angeles. I was so excited that we didn't have to sneak into the hotel pool. Like I actually like was like we're going legally going to be able to go in there. Hotel. And so I had like my, you know, my big beach bag. I was all ready to like just hunker down for the day while the sugar mama works it, you know, and does her modeling <laughs> gig. And like I had my little headphones in and about five or 10 minutes after, you know, she had gone in, um, she comes back out, like looks just mortified, like is about to cry. And it's like, we got to get out of here. Like, I'm like, did you steal something? Like what happened? Um, she's like, no, the dress doesn't fit. And um, they fired me on the spot. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, you were really tiny at that point. I'm not sure, you know, what, what even happened, but basically... Well, thanks, Jay. I wasn't, and I'd been on the newlywed um, feast for uh, That's a true. We years. did a lot of... Uh, we shopped at the 99 cent store for groceries. Our big date night was either like a Costco or like a Whole Foods sample section. We didn't... Mind you, we didn't buy anything there. So, yeah, we, you know, we weren't like exactly uh, <laughs> at the height of California, like health and whatever. Like, we no. were kind of like ma- trying to make it work. So yeah, maybe that had happened. But regardless, it was one of those moments of just like, wow, like I'm giving a lot of myself to this industry, to this picture. And what am I even a model of? Like, what is this? What's the what's the point of this? It was just like it's gonna eat you up and then spit you out and have no regard for you. It was and really you very shame. So sad. It was very shame. It was very shaming. I Absolutely. think you know you were kind of our breadwinner at the time. I'm a student, and it was very embarrassing to think, oh my gosh, my is my agent going to fire me? Oh, yeah. You know, it just it all felt very, like it's such an uplifted industry, but it's so precarious. Right. Don't, get to, don't, don't gain any weight. Don't get too old or we will throw you out. See you know? ya. Yeah. yeah, totally. So um, that was kind of, a, that was eye-opening, I think, again, to, I, it's not just the South, it's anywhere. Like, wow, like you're on, you're in a magazine and it's like, oh, like, yeah, it's really not cool. It's not a, it's not a really, um, aspirational thing like it's 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 uh, you know um exploitative really in well, a lot of ways and, and it's you know evidently there's this myth that people who are in magazines and on tv and in movies just kind of like walked through the door and made mm-hmm. it and the reality is um it's like literally the opposite those of our friends who actually were successful in hollywood were extremely intelligent far beyond yeah. anything and, aesthetic and, and like yeah. i mean knew how to work it almost all majorly type a yeah. like yeah just very different well than it's the a reality. lot of just yeah it's a lot of smoke and mirrors we want it to pretend yeah. like it's effortless and oh actually it was just photoshopped (laughs) and we wanted to pretend like, Oh, this just happened to me. It could happen to you. And it's like, no, there was all these things behind the scenes working and and hustling. And so I think the, the bigger question becomes with all of these sort of smoke and mirrors, like who is telling you the story of your beauty? Right. (laughs) Is it an industry that is hinging on the fact that you uh, will keep buying from them if they keep telling you that you keep needing their products and their, you know, images and what they're selling you. Because uh, to me, that doesn't seem like the most uh, unbiased, accurate uh, voice that is telling you, you are beautiful. In fact, you don't even need anything else. You don't need anything from us. You don't need an aspirational picture or the next, you know, item of clothing or makeup or, or 
thing to, you know, app to, to smooth out your face or whatever. Like you just need to be you <laughs> and you're beautiful. And sorry, we can't sell you anything if we tell you that. So that to right. me is the most right. striking, like who is telling you the story. Yeah. And uh, as a quick aside and apology, um, you know, for my, my entire male uh, gender, like, sorry, we're not speaking over all of you the the truest and best story about your worth and your value and your beauty and um i know it's not just one directional obviously this is a bigger oh, picture story of one. human worth but for for women it's just different there's a different experience um uh, and different struggle and different expectation in right. the world it is so, um we're sorry n- well here's the thing though it's not just men the irony of all ironies sure. is women other too women. being really mean and yeah, to other true. women about their appearance. So it's not just your gender, but I hear you and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting, uh, sort of as a full circle, the former model bio, we sort of chopped that because it yeah, wasn't really what we wanted to lead with. I am. But, uh, but what's really powerful, I think, is sort of what happened many years later. You had done all this work, you'd, you know, worked as a model, done all the auditions, and then you get a call a couple years after your stroke, which your stroke did leave you with facial paralysis and and a lot of issues. And frankly, facial paralysis was one on the list of, you know, a dozen really hard disabilities you've had to overcome. I can't eat or walk, so I'm not worried about my face, totally. Right. Um, But you got a call from the American Stroke Association that really changed a lot of things. Right. So I booked um, the FAST campaign to be the face of the FAST campaign, F-A-S-T, the campaign that would um, actually show, empirically show that people's lives were saved by seeing this campaign that talked about how to... Stroke warning signs, FAST. Yeah, prevent a stroke, stroke warning signs. So you see F is facial droop. Right. Um, A was arm weakness, S was speech slurring, and T was time. So basically, like, it was this big-time campaign to help people know what what are the warning signs of stroke. Right, and so I filmed this campaign. um, Well, first you didn't know, like, if it was a thing, like, you didn't know if you would say yes to it. It seemed, I don't know, almost like, again, there was a certain maybe bittersweetness or shame of, like, oh, like, this is my old life. I wasn't ever going to go back and... Like yeah, be yeah. a model again or something. I think you're right. But I mean, in that moment, I remember being like, oh, a free um, <laughs> chauffeured Craft car services. out to Malibu and you're yeah. going to pay me how much? And it was awesome. It wasn't much. But what was so powerful is, so you were the, the face, so the F that represented facial droop and um, the Ad Council of America, which is a nonprofit organization that runs advertising that is like public service announcements that's that's for the greater benefit of society and good. Yes. um, Ran this campaign. They they made it. Um, Oftentimes you were the only person in it and they would plaster your face and to this day plaster your face from Times Square to buses to billboards across the country we will get people texting us oh my gosh I'm in the middle of nowhere I saw a billboard with your face on it crazy yeah we've been sent pictures uh, from like almost every state in America doctor's offices I mean pamphlets everywhere everywhere to this day and they research it again it's been out this is at least I think you did it six or seven years ago yeah, is when they originally shot launched it. Yeah, in August of 2012. And um, they were able to research its effectiveness. And according to somebody talked to the American Stroke Association, it 
was one of the most effective at communicating its message ad campaigns in the history of the Ad Council of America, not just American Service Association, but any ad done by this organization because people were able to see it and translate and, and internalize, oh my gosh, if I see these things happening, somebody's having a stroke and I need to help them. And what was so powerful, we were in um, South Dakota. Yeah. So, you know, kind of a random location and a wonderful church. And a woman came up to us in line with her husband and said, if you have never saved a person's life before, you should know that you have saved one now. She said, um, like a year ago, my husband and I saw your billboard as we were out and about, and I noticed it. I had tracked with you some. And um, a couple weeks after that, I noticed in the mirror my face was drooping, and I was having these signs, and I was having a stroke. As a young yeah. mom, you know, not too dissimilar in age and experience as you, and uh, because they had recognized those warning signs, they got her to the hospital and she uh, had intervention that helped save her life. So she really linked up seeing that modeling job that you did, that one that was kind of a, would have never happened but for this reversal of, you know, what had been your career, what had been, you know, this typical beauty. And you had saved her life right. <laughs> because of that. And it, uh, it just almost gives me chills to think about how in the reversal of our lives and what we think our lives can be in the breaking open of our very bodies and beauty, and there yeah. can be something that is life-giving for other people in a, in a literal way. And um, that was so powerful. Just, uh, again, a, a reminder that sometimes what we think is going to be the most beautiful thing uh, not only isn't, but it... Um, yeah, can be the, the can be the beginning of yeah. uh, a rescue, and how honestly how different that is than the traditional beauty industry that we lift up. Like that's not life giving. It's often repressive and exploitative and and hurtful to yeah, many people. Divisive, yeah. Um, so and shaming, you know. Um, so anyway, I'm just I'm proud of you. I know that was you putting yourself out there in a in a way that really exposed vulnerability and exposed. Um, the way that your life used to be in in a way that said, you know, this is this is my new life and my new story. And um it's gonna give life to people and it has. So well done. Yeah, I, I feel like I somewhere along the lines, definitely not remotely perfectly, have made a level of peace that beauty, your appearance, how pretty you are to the world, quote unquote, is just so unimportant compared to how you think about those things about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I love the idea that it's not actually about um, body positivity or body negativity. Mm -hmm. It's just body neutrality. Yeah, It's neither here nor there. It's not trying to reject beauty. Or be obsessed with it. It's learning how to live well within it and embracing it, but not being bound by it, mm -hmm. which is true of so many areas of our life. It's to not be ruled by this issue, but not to reject it, to actually embrace it, to recognize that um, what what is light and momentary is the earth suit we're in. Mm. So to be so invested in it, so heavily is ridiculous, but to also not recognize that God 
gave you your appearance for a reason and is at work in that. Mm -hmm. It's so important. And that's also a countercultural message that somehow God is at work through my paralyzed face Mm. and I'm not going to hide it. And that's pretty powerful. And I think for you, I mean, you've had a lot of people reach out who've had different kinds of paralysis and that is the central issue that they're facing. And there's so much empathy for that. For you, it was, again, it was on the long list of things. So in a way, it teed you up to have more of a neutrality about it because, you know, you're not going to worry about your facial paralysis when you literally can't walk, drive, eat, talk, hear, you know, see, like all all those other things were just bigger priorities. I I directly correlated to not eating food because just there was a lot at work in the swelling muscles. And when I swallow Mm -hmm. again, somehow that's like linked in my mind to all the facial issues and Mm -hmm. even the hearing impairment in one ear. It's all kind of similar intracranial areas. And um, I was way, way more worried about never eating again and relearning to swallow than I was about doing facial exercises to help me smile right again one day. It was all about like, give me the yummies again. I'm starving (laughs) over here. Even though I wasn't starving, they were feeding me through too, but Mm -hmm. I needed food in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, if you had to choose one, you would definitely have chosen to eat. Again. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. I think, you know, we talk a lot about that C.S. Lewis quote. I think it's actually Rick Warren kind of paraphrasing C.S. Lewis, but it's not thinking of yourself less. It's just thinking, oh, I botched it already. Sorry, Rick and C.S. Lewis. It's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Yes. Is that right? Yes. That's that right. Sound that's weird? right. I wow, love that's that. a not tongue thinking twister. less of yourself. Yeah, you don't have to be down on yourself. Of yourself less. Just don't worry about it so much. There's just the world is full of other people and and concerns and things to pour your your life and your attention and your time into, other than just your myopic self focus. And we we all are guilty of that. But um, I love that. Yeah, it's not kind of like body positive or negative, just more neutral. Like right. we got bigger fish to fry in the world. And uh, I think so much of our uh, of uh, the way the enemy works, the way our uh, own. I don't know, self-focus overrides the potential of God's healing and kingdom unleashed in the world. It's just by distraction. Right. Like we're just wasting our time on dumb stuff, like trying to prevent ourselves from aging, which is a natural part of our human process. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As is death. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that's fine to like be healthy and be like the best you can and feel good about all of that. But like you're kind of fighting a losing battle is the reality, you know, and like probably best to just like do what you can and keep, keep moving on. And I think, you know, so much of this youth objectifying culture is also an, uh, a death denying culture, right. And a culture that does not uh, say, wow, uh, the more mature people in our community are the ones that we want to look to and uplift. Right. Um, you know, we're like, Ooh, like, Get yeah, away. Hi, I can't see that. Old and yeah. wrinkled and like I can't get, see yeah. that because it reminds me I'm gonna die one day. Right. Yeah. And I think the reality is like it's a reminder of of what you get along the way, what you get with that perseverance and the struggle and the wisdom that is gained. And and uh of course we don't want to like acknowledge that or uplift it. Because we want just the the shiny, quick, easy you know, fix for things. We don't want to hear the right. stories of the struggle and, and the hope in the midst of it. And and the reality is as we age, you know, whatever stage you're at, whatever body you're in at this moment is the youngest you're ever going to be. Yeah, seriously. I like that vantage point on it. You know, look, can't turn back that clock. Just you might as well embrace right now, this moment, 
You're, you're as young as you're going to get. And honestly, you're also as close to heaven as you're going to get. As you've ever been. As yeah. you've ever been. Yeah, and that's, that's exciting. And that should be something that we acknowledge and honor. And um, anyway, instead of just trying to, I don't know, try to just put some spackle over like. I love the truth <laughs> of Second Corinthians 4. I think it's like 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. That we will not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, mm-hmm. because inwardly we're being renewed day after day for our light and momentary trials are achieving for us the glory that cannot be revealed. Therefore, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's beautiful. And so are you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Suffer Strong podcast. You can find out more information on this idea of redefining through our new book, Suffer Strong. You can also find out more info on our ministry, Hope Heals, and our story at hopeheals.com. You can follow us on social media, including Instagram at Hope Heals. Hope to see you soon.